face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. I just revealed it. We're live on air. Yay. Starfleet Boy. This is a very special little side edition. Hopefully it won't go on for our usual <laughs> length of discussion. <laughs> Although the doctor settled in with a bowl of ice cream over there, so we can... Mm-hmm. Um, what kind are you having? This is the only ice cream I have. It only happens once a year around this time, which is the pumpkin pie ice cream from Publix. It's wow. the only ice cream I buy. And it only comes out around October, November. Well, there's a nice little plug for Publix. There we go. If you live somewhere where there's a Publix, check out the pump. What is it? Pumpkin Pumpkin spike? pie ice cream. Oh, my gosh. Pumpkin pie ice cream. Yes. I'm not a huge ice cream fan, but this, this ice cream is delicious. I'm such a plain Jane vanilla kind of uh-huh. guy. I only eat vanilla ice cream. Uh, I, f- I tend to favor... Um, there's this brand here. <laughs> I have a friend whose name is Alden, and I <laughs> I tried this Alden ice cream, and it's ah, like or it's organic. I didn't know there was an Alden ice cream. Yeah, apparently. So it's organic, and it's like whole milk, and it's very you know it's very creamy and yummy, and it's delicious. So oh really yeah, like it tastes good. Right, it must taste mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So uh, welcome to our Starfleet Boy updates uh, discussion show. We could think of this as kind of like a captain's log episode. And I think we just want to follow up on some uh, things that we've been talking about that maybe we don't have a chance to follow up on in the episode discussions. Uh, The first thing is if you've been watching when you watch this episode, because it won't premiere for a while, we talk about, well, why isn't Uh, Commander Riker's father at his wedding. Well, we found out that in one of the novels, uh, Commander Riker's father, Kyle Riker, dies, and he actually dies saving Commander Riker, so nice little bow on the top. Yeah, I think it's the the novel is A Time to Hate, A Time to Something or Other. Uh, As I should have given that title, right? To everything, turn, 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 turn. turn, turn. turn right. There is a season, turn, turn. Um, I want to, I want to ask you, Doctor. So we had a discussion about the state of the 50th anniversary. It sounds like you just muted yourself. So I hope that you corrected that. What? You can't hear me? No. Now I can hear you. A little, oh, a okay. little. A little button came on your screen that oh. looked like the mute button. But Sorry I'm not sure. about that. Anyways, um, excuse me. And we, we were um, kind of left wanting with what we were seeing happening of the Star Trek 50th. But I've since then, I've been kind of paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, there is a lot going on for the Star Trek 50th. There's nothing that everyone has access to, and I still have a problem with that. I mean, it's mostly conventions and things like that. But on the other hand, I'm really enjoying the coverage of these events. Like, I, uh, you know, um, Trekker Prize, which is a, a show, uh, the young man from that, Gary, went to the Birmingham uh, Star Trek uh, convention, the Destination yes, Star Trek. Yes, I saw those pictures, right? Yeah, the pictures, yeah. and he's got video, and right. there was all kinds of cool things. Like, did you know... Um, Armin Zimmerman, Jeffrey Combs, and I forget, like, two other people have a quartet, and they sing Star Trek-themed songs, which I thought was really cool. I did not know that. Yeah, and, like, it it sounds like a lot of the different cast members from all the different eras of Star Trek are coming together for these events, and 
um, showing up and I am seeing the coverage online. So it's like not, there's not so much an official like event, so to speak. But now it makes me wonder maybe after this year is over, the powers that be Paramount CBS will take all this footage Put it together and put out a documentary, not unlike no. Trekkers or Trekkies. No. What do you think? No. You don't think it's going to... I think it's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen at all. No. No. And and it's that's not what I want anyways. What I want is... is Retrospectives. I want, no, I want an adventure. I, <laughs> that's right. I want we an still, adventure. Yeah, I agree with you. I want that too. You know, Doctor Who gave us a perfectly well-rounded range of events over all media. When I say yeah, all there were, media, there were I mean all media. Yeah, there were right. conventions, of course. There was like the convention that reunited like every living doctor. Um, they had in print and and even on different tiers. Like there was short stories. There was some aimed at like kids, comics. Print was covered. Audio Oh, yeah, absolutely. Covered twice over, as a matter of fact. And um, and then, of course, you know, on television slash movies, you know, you had the uh, Day of the Doctor, which was shown in theaters, uh, as you remember. And mm-hmm, so it was mm-hmm. a theatrical event as well as a television event. And so there's just that really was the model in my mind for. Whoa, what was that? What was what? I think an advert. Oh, here we go. Sorry, I was on a web page and an advert came on in my ears. Go on, finish. Oh. <laughs> uh, what Doctor Who did, the way BBC ran it, I think that was the model for all subsequent anniversaries. And I would apply that to just anything, any long running uh, science fiction series, even even on film. You know, so Star Trek failed in terms of, you know, I know they had a, a, a film, of course, but I think we covered that, you know, it's for the it love was, of it, Spock. Yeah. No, I mean, they had Star Trek Beyond. Oh, right. No. Well, yeah, but <laughs> see, we can't even agree on what the film was. Oh, by like, the way, there's no consensus. <laughs> By the way, there's an interesting thing. Um, I was wrong about something. Uh, when we spoke about Star Trek Beyond, I was insistent that the crew photo that Spock kept, uh, Prime Spock kept, was on Star Trek Six's bridge. But you're, you were, in fact, correct. It is the Star Trek V cast photo and the bridge. So there's a correction. That's true. If we had to do a correction of everything wrong I've said, it would take a, a couple of these update episodes. So I'm gonna limit. <laughs> I'm gonna limit myself a little bit. But yeah, that's one that I recall. Um, and then the other thing is, is that um, I guess we could talk about Star Trek Discovery because we did a whole episode uh, devoted to that, and I think that was with uh, Mr. Sater. Um, but you and I have had several discussions sprinkled throughout the uh, course of our episode discussions for TNG. Um, what are your thoughts on the, if you could sum up again, what are your thoughts on this whole delay um, that's occurring? And how do you, how are you feeling about what you're hearing out there about Star Trek Discovery? Um, when I was at that convention that I, I mentioned in the, the in, last episode, right. I was at a convention called Ultracon, which is where I bought those Star Trek figures. I There was a local uh, Trekkies club, and they were uh, they actually had a captain's chair that you could sit on for free, and they had replicas that they that they had made. So it's like one of those like um, you know legit fan clubs that really work hard at what they do. There was a woman dressed as Guinan. Like, they have the uniforms and they're, you know, perfectly uh, replicated from the different shows and stuff. And... Oh. Subspace. 
Subspace frequency. Something <laughs> freedom something. Who knows what that is? <laughs> Freedom's uh, not free. Do you pick Anyways, that up? No, I don't pick any of those things. Here, let me just hang oh, it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do there pick that up. That's what you meant. Okay, sorry. Go on. Um, so, this Star Trek club was working really hard to present. Right, and I, I, I right. spoke to a couple of the, the people about Discovery. And my, you know, of course, I gave my opinion, which is, which is I wish... Star Trek would go forward, mm-hmm. and they and all of them, all of them, uh, actually were very excited about seeing Star Trek explore more of the history. Really, it was the complete opposite of what of what I was saying. Uh, one of them that came up to me was saying, uh, th- of course, he was wrong, but he was saying that. <laughs> That oh this has all been written already and there it was written a while ago for another show and they're just cat they're they're gonna do it now at last and 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 um and somebody a lot of people were saying that there's a lot of story potential in in that period and and they were actually looking forward to it and then when I when I pressed them to the point of saying yeah but uh, what about going forward um they they just didn't really have anything to say about that they they were kind of like well but you know we we know what's happened to the klingons and we know but but i don't know they 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 seemed very content with this idea of seeing star trek you know a post enterprise pre original series uh and i spoke with at least four of them I mean, it's just four people, but still. Wow. Um, still, that's that's an interesting. Is it is it possible that we two, you and I, have grown so old <laughs> and so inflexible <laughs> that we have outlived our usefulness, Doctor? <laughs> oh wow! What a setup! What a setup! Wow. <laughs> but maybe that's... we're out of touch with the uh, the desires of the fan base. You know, like. Um, they were all. In they that, were, by the regard, way. Yeah. They were our age and up. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. I knew you'd appreciate that reference. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's actually very interesting to find out. Um, you know, again, as I've always kind of maybe you know maybe it's very possible that CBS and. Uh, Paramount have done the necessary research and polling, yeah. and maybe this is, and you know, it's, uh, and maybe you know, it is something that the fandom desires more than going forward, and that to me is surprising. It's a very surprising thing, and I certainly will do everything I can to influence people otherwise. <laughs> That's what I was doing. I was saying, yeah. yeah, I understand, and I was making the my argument, which is that you know. I loved the show Enterprise. I did. I loved that show. Um, but it was going back. And then we have the rebooted movie series, which even though it's in a different timeline, it is still going back. And both were attempts at cashing in on the nostalgia of the original series. And I'm kind of over the nostalgia I'm ready to move forward. I want to to see beyond Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it certainly is the difference between what's possibly a safe bet, I guess, and a gamble and a risk. And I think Star Trek is about the risk and the gamble and, you know, again, pushing the story forward. And I could go on and on about this, which reminds me, this kind of, uh, I wonder if Star Wars... Uh, Hardcore Star Wars fans have a similar dilemma with Rogue One um, and the Han Solo movie and things like that. What well, do you think? What do you think? How do you think that compares to this phenomenon of nostalgia versus going forward? I think it's a little, well. I think it's different because, um, I mean, I'm assuming you're you're also including the release of the prequels into that, which is of course going backwards. Instead of going forward, but see, the prequels plus the movie, the you know Star, Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, that was that was the story that was promised to us. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's true. That was the story. That was the deal. 
Right, that's um, true. That's a everything good point. after that is gravy. It's extra. It's icing on the cake. And um, and you're right, Gene Roddenberry. <clears throat> I think it's it's a very valid argument to make that the promise that Gene Roddenberry. Uh, wanted for Star Trek was to always move forward like he it's like what you said in in another discussion he could have chosen anything he wanted uh to do for a new Star Trek TV series and he chose to go 80 years into the future and start fresh you know with a new crew a new ship all the things all those things right and that that's the creator of the show that's the mm-hmm, guy mm-hmm. who had every excuse in the world to have played it Safe. I mean, if anybody had any would have would have had any excuse to play it safe, it was Gene Roddenberry, because he hadn't had really much success at all with any television products after Star Trek. So, you know, to have played it safe would have been the best bet. But he didn't. He had conviction in the vision of Star Trek, and I think that. Um, that what we've seen post Deep Space Nine just hasn't been very risky at all. Uh, it just hasn't, you know. Well, there's a lot of people that think that Star Trek Discovery will um, be a little edgier. And uh, the other thing is, well, the, there's an argument that maybe, I mean, it's all in the future. It's even though Star Trek Discovery takes place in the past of the Star Trek universe, it's still in our future and it's still going to be new and it's still going to be um, exciting. I know, but here's... Right, but... Well, that, that, that brings up a valid point, which is that, you know, obviously the future we're going to see in Star Trek Discovery is the future to us. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, it has to be the past to everything we've seen... Henceforth, right? Which I think is—it's just at this point, it's just too damn hard. I mean, the look of Enterprise found a good balance, but there are still things on Enterprise that look more more futuristic than the original series. You get right. me? No, in terms of, of uniforms, do. in terms of, of of just everything. And you're only gonna be, you're only gonna have that visual gap increased now. So it begs the question: Why even bother? Why not just keep going forward, so that you take advantage of of the fact that you are 80 years in the future, that you can go as as high tech as you can. I mean, I look at the Kelvin Universe Enterprise and how that looks. Now, the bridge mainly, not anything else. I hate the engineering. Um, <laughs> but that bridge is like, oh, my God, that thing is amazing. It's a beautiful bridge. It's true. So, and then you look at the bridge of the Enterprise-D. Like, it, there's no comparison. You, you get me? Like, how can that bridge evolve into the Enterprise-D in theory? It won't. Right. Well, you kind of can see that. I mean, the Enterprise, the Enterprise D, D looks the Enterprise backwards. D bridge is no. It's very high concept. I'm going to argue. It's got get this big wooden panel oh. behind the the captain's chair, and also, you know, the Enterprise D bridge does look better in later seasons when they figured out the lighting. But you know what I mean. It just doesn't yeah. look like the panels, the controls. I mean, you've got like right, right. you know almost holographic stuff going on. Right. The D and, doesn't have any of that. Right. Right. Or but, the E for that matter. Right. But that's why we better get to example say, is the E actually. But that's why Star Trek uh the Kelvin movies work, because we get to say, well, it's an alternate universe and there's valid explanations as to why everything looks the way it does. But um, we won't have which, this for Discovery. We don't have this for Discovery, you're right. And I wanna see fucking buttons. <laughs> but you're not gonna get your fucking buttons. You know that. I want- <laughs> You're not going to get the switches, the buttons, the dials, the knobs, the switches. You're not going to get that. You're not. I'm willing to bet you're not going to get that. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so are you less excited now for Star Trek Discovery? More excited or in a holding pattern? Like, how do you holding, feel about it? Holding, holding pattern. Holding pattern. I want to see a cast. 
and uh, I want to see. I mean, well, it was revealed what it's about, right? It's about the Romulan <gasps> War, right? No, I I thought that was not what it was going to be about. Apparently, this guy. I, I could be wrong. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh, you're wrong. What's wrong with you?" Um, I thought I read something that that's that revealed by uh, what's his name, Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller. Which is, you're right. I, I thought he somebody had said that it wasn't. My understanding was that it's an obscure event that was referenced in... Um, right. In Star Trek, the original series, and it was Google not... It. it. was not the Romulan War. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Because um, I, I, I thought it wasn't going to be, and now they say it is. So I do, we do know that ideally Brian Fuller would like to have 10 to 13 episodes. Let's see here. Boldly going where exactly? Do, do, do. During the San Diego Comic-Con, another teaser for the series was released. This one featuring the test flight of the Discovery. No, no, no. No, no, it's recent. It's like the last couple of weeks. Well, I mean, that's this article's from like a week ago, so I'm trying to see if they. It's called the article is called "Everything We Know About Star Trek Discovery." Uh, added lead characters title, scriptwriters details for two episodes, timeline explanation and comments, um, and Fuller's comments on the length of the season, and then added also premiere date for the series and creative team statement on the schedule change. Added details from Brian Fuller about how Discovery got its name and why the series won't focus on the captain. So we know that much. We know that the series doesn't focus on the captain. We'd spoken about that. Mm -hmm. We, I don't see anything, but if you find it, please, uh, please enlighten us. But even still, okay. um, I'm going to do it right now. Okay, good. On September 9th, 2016, uh, this is from trekmovie.com. Mm -hmm. Brian Fuller reveals Balance of Terror is touchstone of Discovery Story. Uh, Star Trek Discovery executive producer and showrunner Brian Fuller tweeted yesterday that a favorite episode from the original series, Balance of Terror, is a touchstone for DSC's story arc. Brian Fuller tweets, A favorite uh, TOS episode Balance of Terror is a touchstone for the Star Trek Discovery story arc. Okay, I just read the same thing twice, but yeah, that's what it is. So, well, funny enough, I just recently saw Balance of Terror. I go to I go back to that episode over and over. So now I'm very curious to know what it is because it's it's established in that episode that we don't see Romulans. Right until that episode, because everyone on the it's bridge a shock is, that they look that like Spock. They look like Spock, right? Yeah. And even Spock is uncertain. He says, "If Romulans are descendants of Vulcans, mm -hmm. then they are descendants from a time when Vulcans were very aggressive and emotional, and so on and so forth." Because he's thinking that's the only time these this tribe of Vulcans could have shot off from 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 Vulcans, right? Vulcan. Um, right. <clears throat> so again, this would upset me as a fan if we see Romulans constantly and, and if they're not, and if the Federation crew sees them and knows what they look like, but they're not, That's they're not, not going to see them. Are you sure? They can't. No, it's I'm an, it, Enterprise backs it up. They what don't see them in Enterprise. Oh, but we see their ships, right? We see their ships, but we never right. see them in Enterprise. So how do you have a whole, like, if the story of Discovery hinges around Balance of Terror and takes place during the Romulan Wars, so is that just the backdrop? Are, so we no, we're never going to really see a Romulan, or what, what's the deal? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> imagine writing a show where the two... Uh, antagonists never see each other. What a challenge! Mm, you know, that's true. That's I mean, um, I'm not sure. I'm really unsure of how they're going to do that. Um, well, I'm intrigued. 
So that's a good, that's a plus. It says there's a there's a headline if you search for Star Trek Discovery news on Google. Um, Star Trek Discovery teaser news and updates. Uh, three days ago, George Takei would love to be in the reboot. Shares ideas for his role. <laughs> that's interesting. I would love to be on Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> I think they should put him on the show. I think so, too. I think every one of them should be on the show. Uh, William Shatner should play George Kirk. <laughs> really? Yeah, why not? Wow. Why not? That'd be a great role for him. Oh! <laughs> Star Trek Four. That's how I could... It's Kelvin Four. Huh? That'd be a fun way to, to bring William Shatner uh, back into Star Trek. <laughs> so we're still we're still holding our breath for Star Trek Discovery. We're waiting for we still don't know who the cast is. Um but it does give me a little bit more confidence in the production value of the show that net, the new release date is is slated for May of next year. It feels You were a right bit, about that. I was right about that because I just you couldn't were very, fathom. Yeah. I couldn't fathom with the information available, I just couldn't fathom how you could turn out a, a series uh, in such a short amount of time, even if it was uh, something where you would have like at least a pilot and then delay, you know, delay the series till after the pilot, which often was done. I remember back in uh, TV watching days, sometimes you would get a pilot for a TV show and then it wouldn't be for another season that you got the actual show. Um, the networks were trying to gauge the uh, excitement based on on the pilots, uh, how the pilot for a show did. Uh, if I may uh, read from this uh, this article here, <clears throat> Balance of Terror is the famous original series episode from the first season that first introduced the Romulans. In the episode, it is noted that the Earth-Romulan conflict occurred a century before 2265. The war had been waged with atomic weapons. Hmm. And the treaty, which was formalized over subspace radio, ending hmm. the war between the neutral zone. That's, yeah, that's from TOS. I think they go over all that. Atomic weapons. <laughs> Very relevant, especially uh, uh, we're still under... We're, we, you know, current day humans definitely deal with the uh, threat of nuclear uh, war. Well, let's go on to uh, the last part of our updates uh, episode, our discussions here. I want to go over, we've been getting some comments on our YouTube channel. And I think it'd be fun uh, for me to read them. And uh, I've already responded to a few myself, but it, uh, we, it'd be neat to hear your your response to them. Uh, are you ready, Doctor? I am ready. Go for it. All right, so the oldest comment we got uh, was for the uh, Code of Honor. That's the uh, Star Trek The Next Generation episode with Lutan, who's a very uh, kind of um, misogynistic character, if you remember. And um, one of our uh, viewers wrote, I just watched this episode last night and was so floored. I never thought I could hate a Next Generation episode, but I just couldn't. <laughs> but I just couldn't get past the casting of black actors to play culturally backward, sexist beings. Also, when Lieutenant Yar basically says she is sexually attracted to her abductor, geesh, I have no words. Anyway, I look forward to listening to your entire conversation. Thanks for posting it. <laughs> I actually didn't watch. That was one of the episodes I didn't watch. Uh, but I, I do recall that episode being kind of, uh, yeah, it was it is oh, very, politically it, inc incorrect. Yeah, and I think um, Goldie Scott points out on that episode that even uh, many of the cast members have even d gone so far as to disavow their association with that episode. Really? And, oh, and yeah, they would like to have it struck from the record, so to speak. So wow. I think, yeah, and and I think it's well known that the director was was asked not to do it a certain tone, and he chose to do it in those tones anyway. So those 
those no things. No way. Yeah, it was like, that. yeah, if you go back and listen to the uh, discussion for that episode, I think we go over it in there. So, yeah, I do agree the the comment with the comment. Um, and it is unfortunate that it ever made it on the air. Uh, very sad. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The next one... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do we do we name names? Does this commentator have a name or? A, oh yeah, I guess their handle? their handle, which <clears throat> is uh, Furaha Henry Jones. So thank you for for your comments, and we hope thank to hear you. from you again. Um, I'm looking through the comments list here. And on the Star Trek Beyond discussion, we had uh, Gomic May say that on the subject of the Star Trek series, only the pilot is on TV. The rest is being streamed. No joy for this fan. And that's going back to Star Trek Discovery. That's in reference to um, CBS announced that they would air the pilot on television, but then you'd have to subscribe to their streaming service to see all the other uh, episodes of Star Trek Discovery. And uh, that sucks. Yeah. And so we agreed. I agreed also at the time that that does suck. What do you think of that? Yeah, like, doesn't Star Trek belong on television? And where would it be? I mean, in the landscape of television today. So, I don't know. Do you have cable? Do you guys, do you watch TV in your house? No, I have, um, I pay for Netflix. Uh, Emma has Amazon, so I can stream Amazon Prime from her account. But in terms of television, I have, uh, I have rabbit ears. So... Do you, do you, so I wonder, is CBS smart to do this? Because, like, I mean, the rest of the world, it's going to be on Netflix, by the way. It's only going to be on the CBS access thing here in the United States. But, like, tel- is television not a viable way to get your, your the most audience? Is, is it gone? You know, <laughs> like, well, I can tell you, I personally don't no longer watch, and this is shocking. I shock myself when I when I say this out loud, but I I no longer watch television uh, as I used to. I don't. I've always hated commercials. When I was growing up, I would, you know, I would record onto VHS tapes and I would stay up and edit out the commercials because I hated commercials and I knew I'd right. be rewatching this over <laughs> and over again, uh, including Star Trek and. Uh, and of course, um, once DVD started coming out, I just moved to DVD, and I, I would rather buy a show, you know, the full season, than watch it on the air live. I mean, I would rather do that. And and of course, when Netflix came about, that was really the death knell for me for television. I watch television now just for PBS. I watch the News Hour for news. But I don't watch any dramatic. The last show that I watched on TV live was Lost. And you you would watch it every week. You would tune in when it was airing, right? And, and that, that was w- the, and that was that, exciting. It, yeah. I loved watching Lost. Uh, I think it was Thursday nights. At that time, my brother and 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 his and his wife were, were still living here, and and we would gather around the TV set. And, so it was like a family thing. It was a family thing. And then the next morning at work, I would go to uh, uh, Miss McAllister, McAllister's room across from the library, and the English teachers would convene, and it would be like, did you see that? Did you get that reference? And every week it was that lost fix. And uh, that was really the last television show that had me hooked like that. Um, I tried to go back with the recent brain dead on CBS as it so happens but you know Amazon was streaming it and I just I, I just switched to Amazon I mean I don't want to watch those stupid commercials I really don't one thing I find interesting about um, the two models is one model you know Game of Thrones it, it, it promotes like discussion at the water cooler the next day everyone's on the same page if Everybody's you're, on the same page. Yeah. You're you're either watching Game of Thrones every week and then talking about it with your friends and family, or watching it with your friends and family, and it's like a weekly thing, and it lasts for like a number of weeks, and it's like something to do on a Saturday night or a Friday, or, you know, or Sunday or whatever it whatever day it airs. Um, 
And then the other thing is like House of Cards, uh, which is a Netflix series. I don't know if you've watched it. Oh, yeah. But but I found myself binging it. So it was hard. I had to find someone else who saw the whole series. And then it's like weird because you're talking about the whole series and not specific episodes and what happened in specific episodes, except for the few things that you can remember. And I don't know which which model do I like better. Do I like that, you know... Is CBS going to release it so that you can wa- binge watch it all in one session or is it going to be a weekly thing? So which is favorable? What do you like better? Even in streaming, do you like do you want like Stranger Things, for example, which is very <sighs> popular, was given to us in one one shot? Oh, my God. Can we talk about Stranger Things? Yeah, we can take is- a, a Stranger Things break yeah go ahead oh wow that <laughs> show is amazing that's it is the best amazing. show the best show i've seen in like five a years. long time I yeah love, i yeah i agree it's phenomenal um i actually i'm hoping uh, we're talking about star trek the same way when it comes on. <laughs> i hope so um i watched well that's a perfect example i watched the first episode with emma when she was down here and and then you know since you don't have that thing of like oh it's airing tonight it's just kind of waiting for you to make the commitment. I didn't watch the first... I didn't watch anything else until the Thursday where we were supposed to have the hurricane, uh, Matthew. Mm-hmm. And so that whole day where, you know, I'm shuttered in and everything, not not leaving the house, nothing to do, I watched the entire fracking show in one <laughs> sitting. Uh, that's, an eight, my, that's a seven-hour... ice cream. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, wow, and I loved it, and I loved it. Emma loves the week, like you watch, and then like for example, she's right now complaining about. Um, on uh, she's a big, huge uh, Gilmore Girls. Uh, she's a Gilmore Girls fan, and they're doing a, a new series on Netflix, but of course they're going to release them all at once. And she doesn't like that. She wants to watch the episode and then live with it for a while and then go to the next one. But she but knows. It begs, but it begs, uh, so it begs the question, can't you just manage yourself and do that on your own? But then when you go online, you're going to see spoilers, which right. is what you, you can't avoid. Like if you're right. into, for example, if you're into Star Trek and you want to watch it week to week, but the whole thing is already online... How are you going to avoid all of the spoilery talk that's going out there, especially when it's something, I don't know, you know, shocking or whatever? I mean, it's going to be very hard. Um, so well, I, I don't know. Well, a, a thing you brought up was that you like watching programs without commercials. What I found surprising about the CBS announcement about Star Trek Discovery is that even though you're paying to see it stream, there's going to be commercials. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm not even I'm not even joking. I think that's like a legitimate thing. You should go and check out. You're kidding you know. me. I think they want to put like 12 minutes of commercials and oh, load it all at the shit. load it all at the beginning or the middle or the end or something like that. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Party no, my I'm French. Not. It might not be true. I'm hoping it's not true. I but it, like you I read that somewhere How or can I heard you about pay it from somewhere. And get commercials. That doesn't make any sense. They want to I'm not watching it then. I'm not going to watch it if there's commercials. If there's commercials, that's what I no, thought. No, I'm not going to watch it. Because you're paying for the series, right? You want to see it without commercials. I'll wait till people... it's on. I. You know, that's <laughs> a deal breaker for me. That's very upsetting, right? It is. All right. It, so it totally is. <laughs> More here's comments. A, here's an, another comment. This was uh, left on uh, the episode discussion for Star Trek The Naked Now. And Stephen McGarry writes, um, I prefer you just show the episode rather than talk about it. (laughs) So. (laughs) Trust us with some. Our discussions are better than some of these episodes. All right. Well, you know, to each of their own. So I figured out that. I think I figured uh, what I what I wrote back to Gary was we can't show the episode because we do not have the rights to broadcast. But all of Star Trek TNG is on Netflix, and I believe you can also watch them on YouTube Red. Thanks for checking us out. Um, 
So Stephen, uh, apologies. It's on YouTube, it, right? Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube, Red. Really? So, um, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure. Wow. But anyways, I think what happened was, and I think this is something we talked about offline, but I'll uh, mention it. Our start, our titles might be misleading in that you might actually think you're going to see the Star Trek The Next Generation episode because I've just been naming uh, each of our discussion episodes after the episodes I did that for what I thought was a logical reason. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to add discussion into the titles of our episodes so that hopefully uh, future Stevens will know what they're getting involved in and not be disappointed when they realize, Oh, it's just two guy two guys talking about Star Trek <laughs> when they're trying to watch the episode. So sorry about that, Steven. Um, on the Star Trek Discovery updates and news um, uh, news episode that I did with Mr. Sater, um, we got a comment that said, Brian Fuller has said that the Discovery in the teaser is not the final version of that ship, um, which is because I think some of, some of it is cool, but mostly I had a lot of problems with the design of the ship and like it didn't seem to fit with the era that the show suggested. It's in to me. It's more of a movie era style design. But, but is that because of the actual look of the ship, or is it because of the production value of how it's being presented? Well, the way it was presented looked pretty bad. It did look like a test footage, and I think that they do establish that it's test footage, so I'm okay with that. It didn't look fully rendered. It didn't even look like, you know, you can make these ships look like models, and that's what I prefer. You know, like uh, everything in Star Wars, for example, now is CG, but it still looks like a model. It looks physically there, and this looked like a video game teaser, if you will, the, the teaser that they put out. But in addition to that, I think the look that inspired the Discovery's design was the Ralph McQuarrie uh-huh. uh, sketches for the Star Trek Phase 2 or, or you know, whatever, Planet of the Gods or whatever it was. It was, like a, it was like a design that I think influenced Star Trek the motion picture a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so that's what I got excited because I, when I first saw the Discovery, just some of the design cues gave me the impression that it might take place... If I kind of resigned to the fact that it's going to be in the past, but I was hoping with Nick Mayer on board, it would take place in the as a as a side story in the movie era, and that made me really kind of excited because it's at least a lot closer to the next generation than Enterprise was, and you know it's 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 in a more it's in, a, in it's in that era, and so I was surprised when they revealed that it's actually pre um, TOS, so. And it just didn't seem like the discovery looked pre-TOS to me. Again, it it didn't fit in my headcanon. <laughs> hmm. So we got a comment. You think it looks more futuristic than the Constitution class that we see in the original series? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think the the ship looks more advanced than that. Okay. And that's why I thought that maybe the story would center around Section 31 or some covert operations. Maybe it was a cloaking ship or something. You know, there was something about it that maybe that's that would explain why. And it would herald in the next generation of Federation ships. But again, it just didn't seem correct where in the era that it takes place. Okay. Um, for Star Trek encounter at Farpoint, we got an interesting comment, which was from Eddie Jebby. He says, I have seen encounter at Farpoint probably two years or three years ago for the first time. And it got me a little emotional. I started watching Star Trek TNG with that episode. I just want to say that thanks for your episode discussion. So that was really nice. Um, we're very grateful for the nice comment. (laughs) For um, the episode uh, where Silence has lease. Was that um, Nagilam? That would be the episode with uh, Nagilam. Okay. Um, it's, uh, so, uh, z- it's either N. Zinga or Zinga Barnes writes to us and says, 
Why was Wesley Crusher on the controls? Then, after the commercial break, a black guy is on his in his spot. So when the alien is curious about death, naturally Haskell, that's the name of the character, oh, right. dies. Then Wesley conveniently reappears on the controls after the commercial break. Even in outer space, black guys can't catch a break. Shakes my head. It's the truth, man. It sucks. <laughs> it does suck, actually. Um, I wrote that I agree... I want to give Star Trek the benefit of the doubt, but we have to remember that Star Trek is produced by people, and some of these people may have had antiquated, un-Star Trek-like beliefs. Shakes my head too. Now, on the one hand, there, you know, that is like a. Well, a I, very, I don't think they did it on purpose. I don't think they did it on purpose either. Right. But, but it is a very unfortunate coincidence um, because, in you know, as we know right now, there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. discussion going on uh, behind the Black Lives Matter matters movement, and um, you know, I certainly think that it is time that this country uh, wake up to the reality that our forefathers uh, created a, a, a terrible situation for many people when they um, endorsed and allowed slavery to continue for as long as it did. Um, people were uprooted from their homes, their families brought to this country uh, and made in, made to serve, um, f- you know, forcibly uh, to to do all kinds of things, mostly production of tobacco and, you know, other other things that kind of fueled the the wealth of this country. Um, and, you know, oh, now we have a, a and 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 some would argue that that has never stopped. It has just been commuted from one kind of slavery to another kind of slavery. And our prison systems are overflowing. And why is it that, um, you know, at this point, it's hard to argue, you know, all the old discussions, all those old racist reasons for why black people are in jail don't don't fly anymore because we know there's no difference between a black person and Asian person, person, uh, an Anglo person. There's, we're all humans. We're all capable of the same, uh, intelligence and, and we all have the same, you know, resources available to, we should all have the same resources available to us, but for some reason, a certain population is being oppressed and that needs to be answered for and corrected. And it needs to be done right now. There's no more excuses so damn straight yeah um <laughs> uh, but yeah as far as for the haskell, star trek man. for i haskell. know <laughs> for haskell but as far as the star trek episode is concerned well i think that uh uh miss barnes uh meant her comment with a little bit of humor uh no but had, it's, yeah it's know, true there yeah. isn't 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 there an old uh joke about in in horror movies, 80s horror movies, the black guy always gets killed first or something like that. And, oh, is that right? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I think one of the Scream movies mentions that or something. Uh, so, okay. So, I yeah, mean, there are these yeah, things, so it's kind these of like, recurring themes. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, the, the, the black actor is not going to be the main actor. Of course, it's going to be the white guy. So, uh, okay, obviously, the first victim is going to be the black guy. So right. it's, it's, or the, it's that a- kind or of the thing. Asian actor or the or woman. The a- well, if you yeah. even get an Asian actor, <laughs> it's only black or white. Remember, for a lot of these things. I well, mean, we you're talk- lucky if you get an Asian or, or, or yeah, or Hispanic. We talked about this on Drunk Space Nine, actually, which is interesting. Um, currently, there's a there's another discussion going on where, uh, you know, there's a lot of like adaptations of comic books or novels that are being mm-hmm. made into films, uh-huh. and, and when they should be cast, like for example, well, let's talk about Doctor Strange for a second, right? Isn't the uh, oldest one or whatever that character is the called? ancient one? The ancient one isn't. Yeah, that was wrong. That was wrong. They should have cast an Asian person. They cast as, Tilda. The yeah, they cast Which Tilda Swinton. She's she's a remarkable actress, and she looks remarkable. Yeah, but it, it should have been an Asian actor. There's no reason why. I think George Takei articulated it. It's like they're so you know from the beginning. It's always been an Asian character. You're gonna like. You're going to take that away from us, too? I mean, from the beginning, it's always been an Asian character. Why do you got to... Yeah. That's that's BS. And then in... I think it's called Evangelion or 
something like Neon that. Neon Genesis, yeah. Scarlett Johansson, they cast. What are, you, what are your thoughts a, about that one? It should have been an Asian. Same, same thing. Same so, thing. so same this thing. is something that I think is really important. And you know, again, we have enough ta- talent pool. It's that's not even an argument anymore. Well, the 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 argument is bankability because look at that movie with Matt Damon where he's he's saving the Great Wall of China. And they have Matt Damon in it because they need a star. And there's no, I mean, outside of Jackie Chan, there's really no Asian star. I don't know if Jackie Chan is Chinese or, or Japanese, I have to confess. Uh, I don't watch Jackie Chan. Um, but there's really no huge Asian stars of, of that could headline a major blockbuster movie. But... If you look at it and it just doesn't make sense. Like, what the hell is Matt Damon doing? Well, it's like the, Tom uh, Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Oh, but there, that was uh, explained, though. That, is that was explained, story, yeah, and it, it was part of the story that mm-hmm. he is a man out of, in a different culture. It, that's true. You're right. I'll give so, you that. That's true. Right. But, but yeah, it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of awkward. And um, uh, now my argument is, well, you know, how else are you going to make stars of, you know, right, who are of different cultures or whatever, unless you make the put them in the movies? I mean, in the old days of Hollywood, uh, you know, they would run, they would run a gamble, and they would say, you know what, put this guy in there, let's see if he can cut it, you know, and uh, or put her in it, and let's see what we can do. So, you know, I, I, I mean, and, the doctors, yeah, go ahead. And why can't a film be marketed to, uh, why can't a major Hollywood film be marketed to an Asian audience and cast? There are huge stars in Asia. There are actors, uh-huh. there is actors in India that are in India that are huge too. And all, all the countries of the world have their, their, their actors that are, that are huge. And so there's no reason why you can't, primarily market uh, a film to that audience and cast especially a film that comes from that audience like the Evangelion uh, series that's that's gained popularity in the United States but it was it's even more popular in Asia if my understanding is correct well you know what what series actually uses this pretty pretty well is, is the Bond series if you look at the James Bond movies uh, they will cast selectively in terms of like the supporting cast. They'll get people from who are up and coming stars or, or already established stars in other countries. Oh, I've noticed that. In, in which the movie takes place. And then in the marketing in that country, they'll capitalize on such and such actor whom we don't know, but the people in, let's say, in Russia recognize or in. Uh, You're right. Africa Bra- or bravo whatever. Bravo to Bravo to the James Bond series for doing something bold, and it's a very yeah, successful. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while. Yeah, yeah. it's a very successful mm-hmm. series. So yeah, great, yeah. great point, Miss Barnes. Thank you very much. Uh, we'd love to know how to pronounce your name. So if you could let us know, that would be great. I don't know if you'll hear this. Um, we have a comment for the episode. Uh, what is it called? Um, Darn it, my my terrible memory. Hold on. Um, oh yeah, uh, too short a season. We have a comment for the episode "Too Short a Season," and this is from Richard Roy Number Two, and he says the summary was okay, but I didn't take the same emphasis from it. My thoughts evolved around the folly of attempting to balance hostilities. Perhaps an extension of the idea of the prime directive. We just had a really lengthy conversation about the prime directive. I see so many actual interferences in the process of other countries and another's attempts to impose their ideals on others as though they were the diviners of what is right and wrong. I didn't get the impression the episode was about immortality, but what lengths we'll go to to get it right, quote unquote. I thought he did get it right. He wanted to atone for his sins. He wanted to pay the price for extending the war and suffering as long as he did by attempting to balance the powers. 
He was willing to go through the pain and suffering that he thought he deserved if it could end the suffering. It's possible that the director may have allowed that part of it to recede too much, yet I did get that message. Is it me? And I, I responded, no, not just you. I see it now, too. Great to hear your thoughts, and thanks for taking the time to share. I guess my own personal obsession with extending life <laughs> caused me to focus on those cues most. Would love to hear more of your thoughts on TNG. Thank you. And then the discussion goes on. Uh, Richard responds and says, oh, good. I thought maybe I was um, reading too much into it. Thanks for confirming. I understand there can be multiple themes going on in a show. I often find myself exploring good ones several times because I don't always get it all at once. I'm not that quick. I'm not the quickest wit. I love Star Trek TNG um, for its explorations on different themes. I know some focus on the science and I and often I can I can miss it. I still have difficulty with the idea of time travel, so I basically regard it as a useful tool to explore human relationships and prejudice by thrusting them into a position they may not otherwise be in. Science fiction seems to use alien beings to advantage in exploring racial divides without triggering offenses from different groups. Another episode that stuck in my mind that I particularly Mm -hmm. enjoyed was The Measure of a Man, which we'll get to in Season 2, Episode 9. Great, uh... Great, great observations by Richard Roy, number two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's yeah. that's a great uh, that's somebody who's actually listening to us. Wow. Yeah. And Richard Roy, too. You're welcome to come on the show. We'd love to have you on. Um, yeah. But but he brings up a great point about that episode. Um, there is that other perspective that Am- Admiral Jameson may have just been hit. It was in living longer was inconsequential to him. It was in service of correcting his mistake. I know, and I would agree with that. Except, and I don't want to just. I don't like. I don't want to just. I mean, we're on to our opinion. But remember, he had the elixir also for his wife. Oh, that's true. And the uh, and and he did. Uh, there was a scene where he did. Uh, you know, when 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 she's like shocked at what's going on. And he's explaining what he's done. He said that his original plan was to, you know, for the both of them to live essentially forever or whatever. Or just extend uh, their Together, or just extend their life together. But then he ended up taking both. So it could, so in in a way, maybe we have both. Um, The uh, the plan was originally just to extend the life. But then maybe what uh, the commenter uh, is speaking about that took over that drive took over and he realized that um, it, what he, he needed to do anything he could to correct this wrong to correct this wrong so yes yeah, I believe he's right to that extent uh, but originally it was to the to both of them life. that's right, right. I, do, so I do remember it's, that it's a little bit of both I think but yeah it's a very valid point I don't think we covered that that aspect of it too much in our discussion so no, I'm we glad he yeah. He brought it up. That's that's a good point. Very good point. Thank yeah, you. and and also I think uh, he's uh, spot on about how um, science fiction can uh, ease the discussion about racial divides mm-hmm. uh, by sure. providing examples of you know us not agreeing with aliens rather than like us not agreeing with Russians or you know like things like that. Right. Whereas right. whereas a show like that could cause tensions, political tensions on our planet. Star Trek is free of that yet thought provoking on all sides. So I think that's an interesting thing. Right. Well, that wraps up all the uh, comments um, cool. that we, we had. That was cool. And I guess that uh, puts an end to our uh, discussion about our, you know, our, our captain's log. <laughs> Excellent. Our updates. Yeah. Well, doctor, I think uh, it's well past your bedtime and I need to get out yeah. and explore my, Surroundings a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mugatu and I then wish you uh, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Peace in our time. Very relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Oh.